Introducing the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. With 25 million copies in print, learn how the Don't Sweat Wisdom can help you achieve greater mental health and better communication with your family, friends, and coworkers from a beloved teacher. Rediscover your passion, joy, and self-compassion to awaken your most vibrant life. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Well, we're going to be talking about something totally different on the podcast today, but I'm super excited about the topic. But first, let's begin like we begin all our podcast episodes, and that's with our golden pods. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably. And of course, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. And remember, this is just a breathing exercise to bring you into your body, into complete presence, into deeper listening. So let's go ahead and begin by taking three very deep breaths. And so if you're able to sit, just sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed and your hands open on your lap and your spine upright, just begin to breathe with me. Breathing in through your nose and expanding your chest, expanding your belly. And then as you exhale, just let go. Let go of any tension or any kind of anticipation or fear that you may feel. Just relax. This time as you breathe in, breathe in sunlight. Breathe in sunlight to every cell of your being, to the tip of your head, to your fingers, to your toes. Just fill your body with sunlight. And as you exhale, let everything go. Let your neck relax, your arms relax, your fingers relax. Just let go. And this time as you breathe in, breathe in and fill up with love. Pure love. And as you exhale, let go of fear. And this time as you breathe in, just place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart. Spend a moment thinking of someone or something or some experience you have that you feel incredibly grateful for. Could be anything. It could be something as simple as just being here and taking time for yourself or breathing. And just breathe in that pure gratitude. And as you exhale, Go ahead and open your eyes. Well, today on the podcast, I want to share with you that recently I have had done a talk, and it was for a Mind PT conference. And I spoke about branding, and it was a new talk for me. I'd never talked about branding before, but I was really excited to do it because I like new conversations. And then I got home from that talk and I opened up my email and I opened up an email from a friend of mine, Laura Grisborne, and she was sharing that there was this wonderful business and book building summit and branding summit. And I, I thought, oh, how cool is this? I started to look through this gorgeous website from Jesse Krieger and 
I was so excited about it that I actually did something I've never done before. And I reached out and I, I wrote Laura and I said, do you think Jesse would have me on a summit? I just did this talk on branding and I'd love to participate. It'd be so much fun for me. And she, so she wrote him a note and he invited me at the very late date to be on his summit, but I was really excited. We just had our conversation um, for his summit. And you'll be able to um, find out more about this summit and how you can um, really get the benefit of all this amazing information and content that he's brought through this summit. But first, I want to introduce Jesse to you. Um, Jesse Krieger is the international best-selling author of Lifestyle Entrepreneur, Live Your Dreams, Ignite Your Passions, and Run Your Business from Anywhere in the World. Boy, doesn't that sound all good? <laughs> sounds like my life, thank goodness. And I'm sure it sounds like something you want to participate in, too. Jesse sits squarely at the intersection of publishing and promotion, having signed two publishing deals on two different continents and navigated the world of becoming a best-selling author twice. It has been his honor to work with a hundred authors from around the world to achieve their dreams of writing and publishing a book. And now this summit, and we'll talk about more about that later on in the conversation, but so Jesse, welcome. Thank you, Christine. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for that great introduction. Yeah. So. I was so pleased to get uh, that email from Laura, who's a dear friend of mine, a business partner of mine, actually an author I've published, and she forwarded to me and she put, P.S., respond to her quick. She's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, yes, ma'am. Laura doesn't Aww, want to that's so cute. push me like that, but I was like, I'm on it. I'm on it. Well, we just had such a fun conversation for the summit, and I just want to thank you again. And that's why I want to share um, this topic with you all as well, because I, you know, when I think about not sweating the small stuff and living the big stuff, what really occurs to me is that this conversation is all about legacy, and it's all about. Um, I want to share with you how the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff book series became a legacy brand, but also it's about you sharing your story with the world because I've always said that I think every human being has at least one book in them and if you have that deep desire to write a book then you're in the right place listening to this podcast and maybe it's not for you maybe it's for some somebody that in your life that aspires to writing a book it, it could be that too but I wanted to invite Jesse on because there's just, there's so much, um, it can be, become an overwhelming and daunting task for people to have the desire to write a book and, and then just feel stuck. Like they don't know where to get started, how to get started. Um, so Jesse, let's start there before we launch into the whole legacy piece. When you work with somebody um, about starting to write a book, like where, how do you help them get off that feeling of overwhelm and feeling stuck like this is an overwhelming task? What do you tell them? Well, one, one thing I say, Christine, is really a continuation of what you were saying there is, you know, if you feel that call to write a book, if you feel compelled to write a book, in my opinion, you're meant to do it. And it's really as simple as that. You don't need anybody else's permission. You don't need any other external sources of validation to justify that choice, run with it, run with it. Because depending on who you ask, but in almost all cases, a majority 
of people, at least in America, have thought about writing a book, want to write a book, or think it would be a good idea. Of course, only a fraction of a percent actually do. So one of my passions, I suppose, in life is helping expand that number of people. And I start with that simple message of encouragement that if you feel called to do it, do it. Right. Now tell us about your story. How did you find your calling as a writer? Sure. Um, Well, for one, I've always loved writing. Um, From age 14 on, you know, I was loved music, write poetry, creative stories, but never really focused on that in a professional sense. You know, my life is one such that I've been an entrepreneur my whole adult life in very many shapes and forms. And as I was getting um, close to turning 30, you know, I really wanted to think about how can I encapsulate my life philosophy? How can I encapsulate my approach to business, which admittedly has been kind of unique, um, and to just put it down, to create something where, you know, ultimately what that vision became was to create the book that I wish I had read when I was 19, 20 years old, just getting started in life. Um, and so that's what I did. It was on the tail end of selling uh, a company I'd started that was doing promotional products. And we had a whole, like, if anybody's familiar with the four hour work week, I'd read that book in 2008, blew my mind. I was like, I want to build a company that is totally distributed. Um, and so we built up to a half a million dollar company in like a little bit over a year. Wow. And, uh, and ultimately found a buyer. And I remember when I sold that company, Christine, it was, it was a trying circumstance to actually sell it, which is a separate story. But I remember thinking there will never be a time where I have as much clarity as I do right now on every single step it takes to go from an idea to a fully functioning global business that I was running and traveling, you know, three plus months of the year internationally while running. So that was the catalyst. As you said, the the subtitle kind of sums it up. Live your dreams, ignite your passions, and run your business from anywhere in the world. That's the promise of, uh, of my book, and that's what I really tried to to, to convey uh, in the course of it. So, you know, it started as a very practical, pragmatic how-to. Um, and I actually published that as an ebook under a different name. When I got initial interest from a publisher and we had a couple conversations, they're like, well, you've got a pretty fascinating life. Why don't you expand the scope from just this linear way of setting up an online business to um, include your philosophy and how you choose to travel and study language and integrate these things into the business endeavors you have, that was really the catalyst for rewriting what became Lifestyle Entrepreneur. Um, And yeah, sure. So, you know, that book originally came out in Southeast Asia um, in 2012, where I had a four or five year business history. And my initial experience of publishing was positive. I had a great relationship with the publisher. I had agreed to fly over to Asia and promote it. And here I am, this big white guy that speaks Chinese, uh, (laughs) willing to promote an English language book in an Asian market. So in hindsight, I had the benefit of a unique angle and a willingness of the publisher to put resources behind it. So my initial foray as an author was was kind of um, beginner's luck, perhaps, but we hit number two business bestseller in Malaysia and had a lot of success in Singapore and some surrounding areas. I went on book tour, all that great stuff. All right. 
but ultimately, you know, I guess how that ties into publishing and the work I do now is I, I use that as sort of ammunition to get um, my U.S. publisher, which is Morgan James Publishing, who I have a great relationship with. But when, when the book came out here in the U.S., I was sort of expecting the same thing to happen. And, uh, and it really was like getting the rug pulled out for me because when the book finally came out in the U.S., I had neglected to do a huge promotional effort just thinking, oh, last time they, they did everything, right? Right. And it was, like, it was like crickets. And I was so embarrassed. And then I was like, well, how did this happen? And then I had this internal crossroads moment of like, okay, I can either claim victory and move on, like I had a good run in Asia, or I could really go beneath the surface and figure out what effective book marketing and promotion looks like, and then try to apply that to my own book. Of course, I chose that path um, and gave my book a second life uh, in the U.S. and the rest of the world, which has now reached you know, thousands and thousands of people, which I'm so pleased with, um, but really catalyzed my the same way that I wrote a book I wish I found when I was just getting started as you know an adult and an entrepreneur. I wanted to start the publishing company that I wished that I had, and I saw an opportunity to do publishing in a way I don't see it, others doing it, namely focusing on promotion, namely focusing on the strategy piece. How does that book play into your broader business and your personal brand? That's my emphasis with every author I work with and, of course, is the catalyst for the book business and brand building summit that I just had the pleasure of interviewing you for. Wow, that's wonderful. That's an amazing story. And again, you know, it's, it's, it's look at how you've taught from your own experience. You know, you've looked at, and let's talk about for a moment, you know, how important sometimes even taking our, what we might consider a failure and turning that around. And, and what is what you did is you let that be the impetus for you to say, Wow, I wasn't I didn't perceive that that could happen. That wasn't part of your experience. Now how can I use this to actually elevate me into learning and growing and you know, a lot of the tenacity it takes to see a book um actually go from having no sales to becoming a bestseller. It really does take a lot of tenacity, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I honestly, you what you bring up I think makes a great point because you know, it's one thing to talk about, follow your passion and do what you love. In my own experience, a lot of times my biggest motivational forces have been anger, frustration, or disillusionment and deciding I'm going to do something about this definitively. And it almost sounds weird for it to come out of my mouth because I consider myself a really positive, optimistic person. But, um, you know, as I mentioned before I started writing my own book, I had a really difficult time in the sale of that company. And it was like borderline traumatic. Um, but when it all happened, then I was like, all right, I can either just, you know, try and black that out from my memory or I can transmute that into something productive, which catalyzed the beginning of my writing. Similarly, with uh, the publishing experience, you know, at that moment of embarrassment, um, it was a low point, And I decided I'm going to do something substantial to address this. And, you know, in so doing, I am following my passion, but I guess I just want to point out for your listeners that sometimes the, the difficult things, and I'm sure you can find a couple analogies in your own life from this, right? How the most difficult and trying circumstances can end up being the biggest opportunities for growth. 
Oh, boy. That, that is the cornerstone of everything I write about for the most part now. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's where wisdom is gleaned. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I just, I want to say that, you know, for somebody who has a book called Live Your Dreams, Ignite Your Passions, you know, that you can also use frustration or perceived failure as a lever to, um, to springboard you into greater success. Yeah. And, and that's just really the, the truth of the matter. So, so you, so you don't need, um, a specific situation in order to take action. If you're in a place of, you know, frustration or discontent, great. And if you're in a place of abundance and satisfaction and feel compelled to do more, great. Um, and so hopefully, you know, that, that philosophy, that outlook can help increase the number of people who do feel called to write a book and then actually do so and, and get it out to the world. Yeah, so let's talk about, because one of the things that um, many people are aware of and, and many people aren't aware of, you know, is that there is this whole promotional aspect of marketing books. And, and so much of that now, well, so much of that has always fallen on the author um, ironically, because, you know, even back in the day when we didn't have the internet, that still fell on the author to really, you know, be the one to get out and send their books out, you know, pitch their book, um, hire their own PR person. And, and so I like what you're doing, Jesse, because, you know, like these days when an author signs a book deal, a lot of times they are, they, they provide the manuscript to the publisher, but everything that you see that promotes that book is really done by the author. And I okay. love what you're doing because it's, it's such a better system because it really, it's a more of a partnership. You know, it, it's, it, there isn't much of a partnership, let's just say, with traditional publishing and the author. It's more like the publisher has their job, which is really to um, get the book out on a mass scale. And, you know, and then beyond that, it really falls back on the author, which is ironic because the author doesn't make, much of the money <laughs> in it the end. It's a very strange dynamic. <laughs> yeah, it's and, a very interesting, and I, so I'm, 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 I'm glad that there are people like you that are coming in and changing the model, you know, that it's definitely more of a partnership. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to that kind of quickly in the sense that, you know, at this point we've published 20, around 20 books, and we have another 20 plus uh, coming over the, the coming, you know, months and year. And in every case, you know, I'm having a personal strategic dialogue with the author, helping them see where and how their book plays into the other uh, opportunities that are available to them. So whether that's running a live event, doing coaching work, putting together a group, and like, I know you love uh, taking women to Italy for yoga, you know, <laughs> that's a viable way to have a, a, a business model that builds on your book. And we just really get under the surface to see what those passions are in addition to the book and start to build that into the marketing and the, um, and to the promotion that, you know, ultimately culminates in the book launch. So I think that is definitely a point of differentiation for anybody that's familiar with, um, publishing. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, when I started writing my book, I really didn't know much about publishing at all. And, uh, and I took an entrepreneurial approach. I, I learned InDesign, I learned Photoshop. I literally delivered a print-ready file to the, 
to the, to the publisher. <laughs> and they were just expecting like, you know, a Word document. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. Like, Here, like, here's all the dimensions. Here's the bleed. Like I really took it upon myself, um, which isn't necessary by the way. But, um, yeah, that's definitely overkill. <laughs> yeah. so I guess if anything, I have a prejudice towards over action. Yeah, that's great. To over delivery. One of and the things I loved that you said in our, in our conversation for your summit, which I'd love for you to repeat, um, which, which was about the desire, you know, having the desire to write a book and that, you know, you talked about, you encouraged people that to get that out, you know, like to not just sit, go ahead and, and do your thing on that. Cause that was so good. And I, I think that anybody listening, um, who has a book in them, just listen to Jesse for a moment. Cause he's so inspirational. Well, thanks, Christine. And, you know, it's like I said in the beginning of this interview, if you feel compelled to write a book, if you have a message inside of you, in a sense, just tell yourself it's an obligation almost to get that out. And you're meant to do it. Um, you don't need somebody else to say, yes, it's finally your time to start writing your book. You're, there's never going to be a moment when the stars align and it's all of a sudden uh, you've got six weeks of nothing on your schedule, so you can just sit and write your book every day. <laughs> I mean, it's an incremental process, but it's one that must be started. And, you know, on the other side of that, it's one thing to be in a space of feeling overwhelmed and also uh, excited about the possibility of getting your book out. But, you know, what, what Christine and I were talking about on the, on the summit, and which I want to bring to you all here on this interview as well, is what happens on the other side. I mean, once your book's out, it takes the words, it takes on a life of their own. And what comes back to you will just amaze you. The letters people will write, the ways in which you could never anticipate your words touching somebody else's heart, inspiring them to take actions that you may not even be aware of, but that have a profound impact on their life. This is the experience that's available you as an author if you push through the resistance the hesitation the self-doubt to actually get it down on paper and take the focus off of you i mean one of the things we were talking about is the number one thing i hear the number one concern the number one objection people share with me to why they haven't written their book yet is this four simple words who am i to who am i to and if you spell that out as an acronym it's WAIT, W-A-I-T. Oh, wow. And people spend their whole lives waiting, as <laughs> oh my in gosh. asking themselves, who am I to write a book? Who am I to put myself out there as an authority? Who am I to? But when you shift that question to who can I serve? Who can I help? Who can I really touch with my accumulated knowledge, wisdom, experience? Which, by the way, doesn't mean you have to be the world's foremost authority. It simply means that you have more than the people you are serving. And in that context, you realistically are a credible authority. If you're helping people that are a few months or a few years behind you on the path that you're on, it's the same approach. If you look the other direction upstream, the people that I try and learn from the people that you can learn from are the ones that are a few months or a few years ahead of you, or maybe a decade ahead of you. And it's just a continuum. And there's not a point at which you are officially, finally credible and worthy of writing a book. It's rather a continuum on which you travel and help those that, uh, that you're bringing along with you. So I hope somewhere in all of that, 
there's a message of inspiration and encouragement to get out of your own way and let what's inside out of your head and into the world. That's beautiful. And I like to also just say on a practical note, you know, it doesn't really mean that you have to give up your job. It doesn't mean anything like that, that if you just simply found one hour every single day or every day that you really felt like it, that, that the words were flowing, and you just do it one little bit at a time, you'll be amazed at the accumulative effect of that. And that, I mean, over and over the years, um, you know, Richard used to coach a lot of people. And um, before the word even coaching existed, he didn't get paid for it. He just did it out of the love of his heart, you know, that it was his way of giving back. But he used to um, encourage a lot of people to write their first book. And and that's what he would say is, you know, just just spend, you know, half hour to an hour every single day. Like when I wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women, here's a story for you. Um, and my audience may have heard this story, but Jesse, I don't think you have, so <laughs> so you can you can hear it. <laughs> but when Richard asked me to write Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women, it was on the tales of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Love. And essentially what had happened is our publisher was very pleased that not only could I write, but I could promote um, alongside Richard um, very effectively. So they felt that those two qualities lent themselves to me being an author in the series. And so um, he sat down one day with me thinking that I would be overjoyed by the announcement of this. And we were sitting and he says, oh, I have such exciting news for you. And I said, what? And he says, well, Hyperion was so thrilled with you and how you did that they would like you to write Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women. And I sat there and I just felt my the pit of my stomach. It was like that, who am I to write that book? It's exactly what I said to myself was, whoa, whoa, no way. Like I literally looked at him and I said, do I have to? And he laughed and he said, he was just, he was like, what? Did you really just, I do hear you just say, do I have to? I said, not, do the, I, not yeah. the reaction he expected. Not huh? at all. He was like, are you kidding me? He's like, and he laughed. He goes, well, that perplexes me. Why wouldn't you want to? And I just, I was just had all these reasons, but deep down, it was really the fear that, you know, I wasn't him. You know, I, I, I just, I didn't want to necessarily step out into the world that way. I didn't feel prepared for that. You know, it was always in my mind, he was the author, I was his wife, you know, just all of that. And then finally, he said one thing that was the impetus. And that was, I said, well, do I have to? And he said, well, no, you don't have to. But if you don't, I'll have to find another woman who will. And that was the trigger. You're like, okay. Oh, that was it. Yeah, I was like, he said, you can sleep on it, whatever, you know. And I was like, but came back the next day. And I was like, I'm writing this book. And so... Essentially, though, because I already had a full busy life, you know, being really the one that was the epicenter of our family, I just decided I, I created a spot in my routine. So I basically got the kids out the door. I did my breakfast dishes. I, you know, did my Zen stuff in my home. I cleared my space and then I meditated and I wrote for about two hours every single day that I felt like it. Now, on my PMS days and the days I didn't feel good or I was really crazy busy, I didn't do that. But in six months' time, 
doing that every single day, I wrote 100 chapters for Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women. And, you know, and so we always knew, and I've always known, and I always tell people, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to think of this like, and some people knock out their books in, in large concentrated block time. I'm more still at that pace where I write a book and I put, you know, I write for like one to two hours every single day. And that's all I put in. I don't do any more than that. The rest of my day is filled up with my other things, you know. Um, so. I was going to offer um, a suggestion for people that are struggling with time that have real obligations, family commitments, jobs. It doesn't have to be an all an all consuming process. And uh, you know, I always tell my clients and authors, you know, even if you can allocate one to two hours a day, three to four times a week, that's enough to get the ball rolling and build momentum. And what's beautiful is if you actually block out those times in your calendar, then one, your subconscious mind begins to work because you're saying, oh, there it is, you know, tomorrow at 4 p.m. I've got this whole hour blocked out. That's your sacred time to create. And by doing it consistently, I find three to four times a week, um, you, know, at, you know, at most every other day or at least every other day. And what that does is just like, um, you know, the law of inertia, an, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. And so once you get over the hump of inaction to action, then you'll find yourself starting to steal away more hours and steal away more time. And that's why I just offer the one to two hours a day, three to four times a week as a stepping stone into finding your flow um, as an author, but also quite frankly, as you know, an, an entrepreneur and, 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 a, and a brand, you can apply the same time commitment, the same logic to having a consistent momentum that culminates, becomes cumulative in a really big way. I love that. I think that's just such an amazing piece of advice um, for anyone listening. And it makes it so doable and so accessible and so attainable. And I think um, because we're starting to already run out of time, I can't believe it. But I think I just want to touch on the whole legacy piece because um, that part of it is I know what this audience would be a lot of you most interested in is, you know, we really think of, of writing books as legacy work. And, you know, and again, it, it isn't about the success of the book. I mean, we were really, really blessed and fortunate in our series to have the kind of success that we had. But I think that the books that everyone writes are so impactful and it doesn't matter if it impacts you know, one person or it impacts many people. Just the fact that you've, you've put your heart out there, you've, you know, spoken something that you're here to speak, you've shared a story that only you can share, you know, that is the most profound, um, gives the most profound meaning to your life. And, and you don't have to run an online business if you don't want, you don't have to do any of that, but I encourage everyone to um, put their story to paper, to just go ahead and do it because it, it will make the difference for your family. Um, it'll make the difference for the, the feeling of fulfillment that you leave this earth with. And, and I think that's just everything. I really think that as you get to be a certain age and, and um, especially in midlife, we start to think about that. You know, what am I going to leave behind? And the beauty of the written word is, is that it, it is 
always there once it's published. It's always in somebody's hands. I still get letters today, you know, people find don't sweat the small stuff in garage sales. You know, if I talk to a young person, they'll say, oh, yeah, that's in my dad's bathroom still or next to my mom's bedside. <laughs> so, you know, just, just think about that piece that it's legacy work. And, um, and I just want Jesse to share with you, if you have an interest in writing a book, how you can reach out to him. And still, even though this um, podcast will come after likely the summit, there's still a way that you can access the summit and it's really an amazing thing. It's got every piece of information that you could possibly want to know about how to write a book and then turn that book into a business. Well, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to come on and thanks everybody for listening. And, and I echo what you say there, Christine. I mean, a book is a wonderful piece of a rich legacy. Um, I always think back to one of my favorite books is by Marcus Aurelius called Meditations. That book was written 2000 years ago. And thank God that he took notes and was writing because that survived millennia, right? And so even on a less grandiose scale, you know, what you write, what you create can, can and will outlive you. And I think that's sort of a definition of a legacy that I like to work with. Um, I certainly invite everybody listening to go to bookbusinessbrandsummit.com, bookbusinessbrandsummit.com where you'll find what Christine mentioned. She's on, we've got 25 um, authors and entrepreneurs that are sharing so um, generously with their experience and their strategies so that you can shorten the learning curve to get you from where you are now to closer to where uh, Christine and our other guests are in their life's work. And I'm pretty easy to find Jesse Krieger, jessekrieger.com. My company is called Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and share with your audience. Yeah, thank you so much, Jesse. It's been wonderful speaking with you. And you're, you have a wealth of information. And I just um, love how you share, too. You're just open-hearted, just a sweetheart. Thank you so much. Well, it was that breathing exercise at the beginning got me <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> I know. Those golden pauses are good, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Chris invites you to join her for the brand new What Now program, a six-week offering carefully designed to take you on your own unique journey through life-altering transition and lead you to self-discovery and your most vibrant life. Receive access to powerful audio teachings, an in-depth workbook, and deeply valuable insights on passion and joy from a beloved teacher. Visit christinecarlson.com to learn more about how you can be part of the What Now program.